Welcome back to part two of Other Adam. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the music. Um, again, I would like to reiterate that I am with uh, Adam Bearclaw. I called him something different at the beginning. This is his real name. <laughs> uh, that being said, if you're interested in following him on Instagram or Twitter, it is at Gentleman Sin. Again, that is at Gentleman Sin. Um, you are connected to CanYouHandleBar.com, right? Yep. Cool. Uh, okay. That's the company that I currently work for. Great okay. guys doing uh, beard and mustache related goods. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And uh, yeah, you can you can check them out at the site or all of the social media is at CanYouHandleBar. So. Perfect. And the site is at can, is CanYouHandleBar.com? Yep. Wonderful. Cool beans. And then you're also, connect, you were connected to Psycho Drive-In. Is there anything you want to throw in about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still connected. I just haven't, haven't uh, contributed in a while, but they're mm-hmm. great, great folks. Um, wonderful writers who indulge their pop culture whims and talk about film and TV and fun stuff. And also there is a collective within that group that publishes fiction through psycho drive-in so nice. there's a few yeah a few collections of short stories that are out there and we're always kind of working on whatever the next one's going to be so super cool and that's yeah. just uh is it psychodriving.com or is it yeah. uh, awesome they psycho also have a, a facebook page too right oh yeah absolutely yeah. Cool and uh easy enough to find there aren't too many psycho drive-ins out there yeah. so. okay Awesome. Yeah. So that's uh canyouhandlebar.com or psychodrivein.com. Or again, if you want to follow Adam, it is at gentleman sin. But for right now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get right into that story. You ready? I'm ready. I'm so ready. Excellent. Here we go. <clears throat> Click clack. The tumbling of the typewriter's keys fill the room with metered sound. The calendar on the walls X's stop on Thursday, and the weekend is circled with a small note in bold print that reads. You will finish. Other Adam leans over the desk in his modest home office, the walls of which are covered in clippings of weekly ads from toy stores at the edge of their existence, music festival rosters, and blown-up cover art from some of his favorite bands. The eclectic selection varies from the heaviest of metals to the heaviest of themes. Blind Guardians, a twist in the myth, hangs on the wall behind him, its dragon roaring silently. Drive-by truckers, hang opposite the desk, providing a moment of distraction when needed as Other Adam peers into the eye of the gnarly blackbird. Feeding on the energy of the room, Other Adam diligently fills the pages. The top reads, definitely not poop tooth. Struggling to fill the pages after three, Other Adam peers into the white void before him. Hey bud, you don't want to be in that call center forever, do you? You want to get back and finish school and have a cartoon on Nickelodeon. I mean, Nicktoons? That's a dream. Maybe it's not your dream, but it is a dream. Could be your dream. Let's finish up. Other Adam preaches to himself. He leans back in his chair, popping his vertebra. Stretching for the sky, he wriggles his fingers, desperately trying to encourage blood flow. Stiffness has set in and he creaks as he moves about the tiny home office. One more page. Just get it done. He paces nervously, picking up and putting down several of the toys that adorn the cabinet tops and shelves throughout his workspace. Pausing for a moment of levity, He imagines a battle with the Stretch Armstrong and Mr. Fantastic. Never removing them from the box, he lifts his elbows, placing two fingers on each hand in the filing cabinet. Who will win? Palms away, his right hand morphs into Mr. Fantastic and his left, Stretch Armstrong. 
The epic battle takes the two across every flat surface, knocking over books, his lamp, and sends pens and pencils flying across the room. Stretch Armstrong, silly as he was, is determined to win and ties Mr. Fantastic in a knot. The fatigued other Adam struggles to undo after the playing is done. Ooh, I know how to finish this arc. Thanks, guys. Other Adam says with a nod and packaged toys, go back on the shelf. Then days blend together for a time. Other Adam's phone buzzes in his pocket. Um, do you need to answer that? Other Adam's boss angrily shifts his gaze in Other Adam's direction, but does not quite look at him. Hazily looking through him, he again offers, answer if you need to. I mean, everyone important to you is in this room, so I don't know who would be calling you. Furthermore, if you are unable to manage your team well enough, maybe you aren't the right person for the promotion we've been considering. Stunned and eager for a better opportunity, he pulls up the phone and holds it, holds down the button to shut it off, but not before noticing the name Peter Grease at the top of the screen. Sorry, I usually have it on silent for the meetings. I, I must have forgotten today. It won't happen again. Other Adam reassures the room. Good. Other Adam presses. Uh, you mentioned a promotion. I didn't, I didn't know there was an opportunity opening up. His boss focuses on Other Adam. Yes, I'm going to be running the West Coast branch of this company, and I have been tasked with finding a replacement. Your name came up, but I wasn't sure. I'm still not sure. Other Adam's eyes open wide with excitement. I assure you, I am right for this job. I'm right, left, up, and down. I've been working diligently through a takeover, and I'm incredibly grateful you decided to maintain my employment throughout. Through the castigating turnover, my teams always perform at the highest level, and I have been available 24-7 on call to answer questions, solve problems, and offer encouragement when necessary. I never complain, and I feel as though I have done all I can in the best way possible to exemplify all of the characteristics necessary to do the job for which you are considering me. His heart pounds in his chest, deafening him with every beat. The silence syncopates with his boss, causing him to miss the entirety of the offer, but he hears plainly, offer you the job. Excitedly, other Adam stands and extends his hand to shake on it. His boss, reticent and cold, reaches out, but instead of taking hold of his palm, as we are expected to when someone extends their hand for a shake, he takes hold of other Adam's thumb, lifting their hands until their forearms are vertical. He then pulls a gripped pair of hands toward himself, exposing a flexed bicep. Undeterred, other Adam also pulls back on the grip, and the two share a hearty handshake. Other Adam floats home. Satisfied, he advocated for himself as staunchly as he had. The fall evening brings with it a chill and a whip of wind every so often. The crack window whistles as he sails down the road home. He retrieves his phone from his pocket as he slowly approaches a red light. His smile fades as he sees the countless notifications from Peter. A hundred calls and texts and emails blare from the screen. The thud of his heart hitting his stomach brings the weight of his fears down on his head. Scrolling back to the first message he reads, they love it. Pick up the phone. Other Adam, where the F are you? They need an answer. Message after message crying out for an answer leave Peter fearful and desperate. Other Adam scrolls down to the most recent messages. If you don't answer, I'm going to have to get someone else. Pick up, damn it. I'm sorry, man. Maybe I can bring you in later. Good news. We're going to sign a contract for 13 episodes. Bad news. I had to get someone else to partner with me because you wouldn't pick up the phone. I love your stuff, but I couldn't wait. I'll reach out when I can. The traffic light changes to green, then to yellow, back to red, over and over. The barrage of horns from annoyed drivers behind him soften as they pass and angrily stare into his windows, only to find the bearded man sitting solemnly in his seat, tears tumbling down his cheeks getting lost in the soft strands of his beard. He hunches over, thumbing his phone. There's a tap on his window. 
Startled, Other Adam yelps aloud and quickly wipes the tears from his cheeks. The officer asks him to roll down the window. Everything all right there, sir? There a reason you're parked here in this lane and not pulled over? Other Adam startled, muscles through the sadness, blurting out, Officer, I am, I am apologize? So, sorry, I am, I'm sorry. I just, I got some pretty gut-wrenching news and I got d d distracted. I can go, I, I, I can be on my way. You okay to drive, sir? Yes, I'll, I'll put my phone in the glove compartment so I don't get distracted and, and, and I can make it home safely. All right, but how's about I follow you home? Make sure you make it home safely and you don't get distracted again? Yes, sir, that, that sounds great. Other Adam takes off slowly as the light turns green. As he drives along the road, the streetlights poke their light into the car, illuminating his face briefly as he passages one, passes each one. He pulls into his driveway and waves off the officer who slowly rolls away and off into the night. Some years pass. Other Adam pensively strokes the long, braided beard resting on his torso. What are some of the projects we can get done this week? I would like an action plan for the completion of at least 10 projects by Tuesday and another 10 by Thursday. If there are no questions, let's get out of here and get it done. In unison, his team of 35 managers responds, Let's go! Confident in his staff, Other Adam lingers in the conference room. His phone is face down beside him. He turns on the large TV, hiding behind the whiteboard, and navigates the menu until he finds Nickelodeon. The clock above him reads 10.02, just in time to see the opening credits read, created by Peter Grease. It still stings a little, sometimes a lot. The phone begins to buzz. Other Adam flips it over. It says, Peter Grease. Finally, he calls me. Just then, the owner of the call center barges into the conference room, declaring, Cartoons? You have time for this? Other Adam, unprepared, responds, No, I, I know the creator of this show. I just, I just get a kick out of seeing his name on the screen. He takes the remote and quickly turns the television off. What can I do for you? The owner places his briefcase on the table and leans in. We love what you've done here. This is the most productive call center in our entire repertoire. I want you to take over as VP of management. You'll have to travel throughout all our call centers and monitor performance and productivity. You will also oversee all the management teams throughout the company and its three subsidiaries. The salary is beyond competitive. When can you start? Other Adam weighs the buzzing in his right hand against the promise of a major career advancement. The moments he is taking give the owner pause. He stands and takes a breath in before speaking, but is interrupted by Other Adam. Monday, I can start Monday. Other Adam silences his phone and stuffs it into his pocket, stands, and extends his hand to shake the owners. The end. Mm. It's a it's a dark timeline, <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's very on point. Mm -hmm. um, like that, a lot of that was sort of the actual trajectory that I was on, mm -hmm. and. Some of those things were already happening. Okay. So, um, without me telling you that, like you, you picked up on a lot of, uh, the, I don't know, the, the strangeness of the job and the, the, the way that it was developing at the time and a mm -hmm. lot of the changes that were happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, it was very eerie in that sense, like yeah. kind of, you know, hairs on the back of the neck eerie like, oh nice yeah so right on. right on i'm giving you the golf clap right oh, now sorry. i don't know if everybody can hear that but <laughs> i'll take well it well done take it. thank you well done thank yeah. you awesome so um was i based on what we talked about was i able to capture um who you were <laughs> then and because i remember you saying that you uh 
throughout your life up until that point had chosen a career advancements, like instead of like finishing school and stuff like that, uh, you had been offered those opportunities. Was I, was I able to capture that part of you like going all the way through? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and really there were, there were two factors in why I went in the other direction. Okay. Um, one was that, uh, my mother passed away and Mm. that was a big deal for a lot of reasons, but it also, um, you know, on a personal level, but it also made me understand how little that job and that money meant to me Mm. in a lot of ways. Okay. The other thing that was happening was, like I said, there were a lot of very direct parallels to what, what you proposed and, and what happened to other Adam that were sort of happening to me. The main difference being that I was being offered a new position, but it was not, uh, there was never any discussion of an increase in pay. There was never any discussion of advancement or, or being advancement. It was just that there were going to be structural changes made, which would leave me and essentially one other person, my peer Mm -hmm. in charge of everything. Okay. So there, yeah, like I said, a lot of, a lot of strong parallels there, a lot of things that were kind of actually happening. Um, also at that point I was doing a lot of travel. I was Mm. assisting with, with other call centers, but my heart wasn't in it. Um, I liked meeting people and I liked working Mm -hmm. with the people who were, who were, are, uh, the call centers that were opening up, but I didn't have that, uh, killer instinct for wanting to, to manage, you know, on a, on a national level, if you will, yeah. I was, I was more than happy or well, I wasn't happy at all, but I was content <laughs> to, uh, yeah. to stay in West Virginia and, and, okay. and deal with the people that I had a direct working relationship. And if I could help other people, you know, obviously I, I wanted to do that, but I didn't, I didn't like the sort of weird used car salesman transactional vibe of mm. showing up somewhere where you don't know anybody, uh, explaining the rules of the game to them and holding them all accountable to the standard that was completely alien to them, mm. uh, in a, in a job that they'd never done before. And that we were, you know, paying essentially minimum wage for the most part. Mm. So yeah. it was, it was kind of icky. And, uh, you know, I, I realized within, as those things were kind of happening, like I really didn't want to do it anymore, mm. but the, the, the other Adam that accepted those offers, like that was very much how I would have approached and did approach the things that had come up before. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't as direct as turning down a phone call that I knew would be success in a creative endeavor, mm-hmm. but it was, it was definitely not like cutting all the time that I might've had for those things out of my life, you know, right. deciding that it was, you know, I was going to work, 60 plus hours a week instead of having a, a manageable job and doing, doing what I loved creatively on the side. Right, right, right. Yeah. I talk, I, I talk with uh, my wife, Stephanie, about that all the time is one of, one of the things that I have um, found to be the best way for me to just deal with what life throws at me is to have a job that I'm good at, that I can do well at, 
but then to love my hobbies and to try and make uh, intentional time for my hobbies, you know. So I don't like tie um, emotionally and mentally all of this, you know, impactful work to like my heart and what's important to me to whether or not it I'm going to be able to pay my rent, you know. So being able to use both of those well, especially during the years where I wasn't making enough acting, it was yeah. like, okay, if we're going to have to get a job, let's get a job that I can do that I'm good at so that I can just love my hobby time. And then if I can, you know, finagle that back into a working career, perfect, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I think I'm different in the sense that I just, I go all in on the job mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if I love it or, or don't, mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's what is on the table at the time. Yeah. Uh, but you know, hopefully I'm getting better about that and hopefully there's room for the, the hobby aspect and the the creative aspect. And, you know, you and I currently do some, some hobby stuff together and I have a, have a great time with it. Sure do. Best part of my week usually. So I love it. Yeah. But, uh, those things do sustain you. And if you forget about that, or if you, you know, trap yourself into a a place where you don't have time for it, or you're so stressed out that even if you do have time for it, you can't appreciate it, Mm -hmm. then you, you suffer. And that's what a shitty job can do to you. That's what shitty living conditions can do to you. And if you have the ability to change it, and I recognize that not everybody does, uh, right. that not everybody is is fortunate, mm-hmm. but if you can, if you can find that balance, I would absolutely urge anybody to to go for that over, you know, making a couple extra bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah, right on. I, I, I'm with you a hundred percent on that. A hundred percent on that. Hundred percent. Um, speaking of our the the hobby that you and I are currently. Uh, engaging it were you able to recognize i feel like i noticed out of the corner of my eye you like nodding in approval when i was describing the handshake the hearty handshake (laughs) (laughs) i was it's funny too because um that that boss Mm -hmm. like i want part of me was like he would never be that cool (laughs) you know like i wanted to be like no way (laughs) but that's kind of like what what he was good at was identifying like, you know, personal areas of interest and, Mm. and joking about things like that. And it was very often not appropriate for the workplace at all. Mm. And to the point where it was problematic sometimes, but, um, when it, when it, when it was right or when it hit right, it was, it was like, Oh, that's why, you know, I kind of liked this guy at some point, you know? So yeah, but if, uh, if, if I could engage him in, in a hearty handshake, I would want to be the one on the winning side, if you will. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, in, in my head that, uh, and I think I mentioned this when we were chatting about it, um, like a few Fridays ago is, uh, the, the image of, it's like at the end of Rocky two. No, no. It's at the beginning of predator. It's Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. That's the handshake. Oh, that's not, it's not Rocky. But do, do they also but do that in were, Rocky? 
Uh, there might Dang be. It. There might be a, like an Apollo it's, it's, Creed it's, and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, because it's it's um, Rocky scene. Yeah, it's 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 um, Carl Weathers is in both. Carl Weathers is yeah. He is yeah, he is the, Apollo Creed. So. Yeah, so it, it it might just be the beginning of Predator, and that's it. Uh, maybe like because I remember um, in in Rocky, they're like jumping through the the water, right? <laughs> <laughs> having having a, a, a dandy of a time like dancing in the water that was great yeah there's a um, training montage and, yeah yeah <laughs> so okay so for 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 sure now that you say it because i i always just remember like i've seen so many like memes of just the handshake yeah. but yeah. i mean that's arnold's arm that's arnold's arm it's Arnold's so, arm. Yeah. It's uh it's it's become known in certain circles as the handshake of the gods. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is fair. I can do it. And that. when you watch it, if you if you you know pull whether you pull it up on YouTube or if you're actually gonna sit down and watch Predator, which I would recommend anytime yep. that you have that you have the time to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's just it is it's a crystallization of everything that is beautiful about action movies in the eighties mm-hmm. and these mass monster guys who were just, you know, unbelievably ripped in a way that we just really haven't seen since. And, but yeah, you watch that handshake and it is just, it's like, it's like a couple of just coiled pythons just (laughs) going at it. It's so, it's so over the top and bulbous and veiny, but I, I, I will tell you, I'm, uh, I'm working on getting someone to do some special art of okay. the the fighter party handshake really that, yeah yeah so given that this won't come out until much later in the year hopefully sure. i'll have it done by then awesome and this will be this will be a nice little reveal for the group and oh that would be incredible yeah that would be yeah. incredible well we got to get a logo for the smoothie smoothie cups oh, we, so sure do. We, gotta, yeah. we sure do <laughs> man it's it's so funny how i feel like how utterly bonkers all of us are and just the nonsense that keeps popping up. I'm just like, what is even happening? I love it. <laughs> it is. It's, you know? it's amazing because the, first of all, it's amazing because, well, we should explain, we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. We play oh, Dungeons and Dragons together every Friday mm-hmm. and have for not in person. We're still, now. we're still, still doing on the Zoom. social distance train. So yeah. it's via zoom. Go on. Yep. Which is actually the only way I've met you. This is true. And that's, that's going to have to change eventually, oh, for sure. but for sure. yeah. But yeah. So, you know, we, we play D and D on mm-hmm. Fridays. We have a massive group. This is the largest group I've ever played with eight people. Really? Oh, I guess, and yeah. 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 And four of them, I think at least four have never played before. Including me. My first yeah. time. No shit. Oh yeah. Really? You're yeah. so good at it. Oh, man. Thank and you. And that's not to downplay anybody else, because I think everybody is playing it well in their own in their own ways, like things that are awesome about their who they are specifically, they bring to the game and, mm-hmm. and it gets highlighted. But yeah, I, I absolutely assumed you were a veteran of many years of role playing. So. First, first time ever. First How time ever. That? I like I messaged um Kara quite a few times asking, like, am I am I talking too much? Do I need to just be quiet and stop? Because <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know what I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. I just know that I get really excited yeah. about stuff. I'm like, oh, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play, you know. So No, I I think it's it's been great because when other people don't know what to say, somebody else does. Mm-hmm. And we 
especially given like the the types of characters that we're playing right it's all just flowing really well and yeah it's it's such a good time and because it's rd mm -hmm. uh running the whole thing there isn't anything out of bounds so right. you are free to pursue whatever you want like right. the create the crazy shit that happens ends up being super fun right because he engages it and he yeah. you know he allows it to happen and it feels you know participatory and awesome and mm -hmm. yeah just love it nice that's, yeah, that's <laughs> a good time so just so now you guys know when we're talking the, the I, I modeled the handshake in there after the hardy fighter handshake which i think i, I think i heard you kind of describing that sort of thing so i tried to yeah. emulate that in the story I, I only ever described it once and i love how rd has taken that and it's permutated into these other mm -hmm. like telephone game like versions of it like right, every right. every npc that we encounter has a different idea of what it is or yeah. how it should be done and <laughs> it's it's great yeah such a good time yeah such a good time okay um so were you able to Okay, so we talked about some of the parallels. Uh, were you able to connect with other Adam uh, on any ways other than the the parallels that you saw initially that we've already discussed? Were there any other nuanced ways that you were able to connect with other Adam, either in the way that uh, he talked to people or even talked to himself? Yeah. Or yeah, I mean, you know, the the things that you referenced were things that are a part of my life. Um, mm -hmm. The, the home office was very well described. Um, I'll, I'll actually, I'll take a picture and send it to you of this office, which is not my home office. This right. is the, the work office technically, but I'll, mm -hmm. I'll send you a picture of the, the tchotchkes and toys and stuff. Nice. But then I'll also, if I can get a picture of the home office, because there, they, it's a glorious mixture of, uh, like displayed toys and toys that are just open and okay. out there. And like, I really believe in kind of letting them breathe and okay. letting them, letting them have their full like physical space sure. because that that's how you appreciate the design for me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, the packaging is great and they okay. did an amazing job and there's definitely a few pieces where you're like, I can't, I can't take this out. It's mm. too, it's too well done. Gotcha. Like the whole, okay. the whole thing is great. But then, you know, for the most part, a lot of this stuff, it wasn't ever really designed to be kept in the package. It was, right. it was sure. like hand it to, to an enthusiastic kid and he's going to rip it open. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't care about that cardboard and, you know, plastic film. He yeah. wants that, that beautiful, brightly colored thing inside. Yeah. So but yeah, it was like the, the idea of, you know, kind of smashing them together and thinking about stuff and brainstorming and mm -hmm. uh, using the the visuals of the art uh, on the walls and the, the art on, you know, physical form and, and the toys mm -hmm. to spark ideas and imagination. Like that's absolutely the goal of, of like having all this shit clustered around me. So gotcha. that felt that felt really, uh, really on point. And then also. And it's probably uh, just me feeling the moment when you were sort of describing the exchanges in the call center or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it gave me that, like, I could feel myself wearing like an Eddie Bauer 
shirt tucked into some, you know, khakis and like it and how that stuff never, whether it fit me well or whether anybody else thought I looked okay wearing that stuff, it never felt like who I was. Yeah. And, uh, it was a costume that I had to wear, Mm -hmm. you know, just as much as like a Burger King uniform would have been, or, you know, something like that. And, um, you know, it was like, I was, I was never comfortable being that, that sort of person. Mm -hmm. Um, I could have a limited comfort, like comfortability with it, I guess. But, Mm -hmm. uh, when I, when I would have to meet with my boss in person, which, you know, he worked remotely, so that didn't happen uh, with great frequency, which actually put more pressure on Mm. like, okay, he's going to be here. Everybody has to look right and act right. And, you know, say all the right things and you don't want to get on his bad side. And here's a list of stuff to avoid. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, it was just this laundry list of, of things that you had to consider in your approach to him Mm -hmm. because of, you know, how caustic he was, but it, you know, I felt twinges of that anxiety while you were, telling oh, uh, other Adam's story. So I think you, you keyed in on some good stuff there too. And also just that there's plenty of that still lurking within me that yeah. I have yet to undo. And, yeah. uh, it's funny. I, I talked to one of my, one of my, uh, coworkers, a peer of mine who's, who did kind of the same job that I did. Okay. Uh, and she, they closed her call center, two or three years before I quit. And, um, I had a conversation with her a year or two after she had left. And she, she was like, it's going to take years before I don't think about it or worry about it anymore. And, uh, you know, and she, she, she planted this very deadly seed in my mind that it would Mm. take, (laughs) it would take as much time away from it as I was there to get over it. Uh, but I think, she, I, I don't think she meant like, oh, well you were, how long were we there? 17 years, see in 17 years and then we'll talk, <laughs> then you know, we'll it's like you. that. It, I don't think it was that it was yeah. more like, you know, it's just, it's, it's going to take time to mm-hmm. let all of those autonomic responses that happen when you hear your text chime or yeah. when you get that, you know, that call at three o'clock in the morning from the alarm company, cause the wind rattled the door, but it could be a burglar. So you've got to drive down there and, yeah. you know, do we call the police or do we not call the police? Yeah. Well, if we call them and there's no burglar there, then we get a fine. But right. if there is a burglar there, you definitely want, you know, and it's just yeah. all of that stuff, all of the, the being responsible for all of that and like being on the hook for all of that, that, is just a, a constant source of stress and aggravation that mm-hmm. I'm happy to be done with. Yeah. But what you asked for a picture, uh, from, you know, back around that time Yeah. and it got me sort of digging cause I had to kind of look at social media to kind of go back to, I have a terrible memory for dates, which you noticed when I mm-hmm. completely futzed how long I'd been uh, away from the old job. Yeah. Um, I'm terrible with dates and, and I just, but I remember the moments, sure. right? Yeah. So I was kind of flipping back through social media, looking for a photo to, to give you for this. And it like, it got me back in that mindset of where I was like leading up mm. to quitting the job and everything that was going on how chaotic it was. And it was just, uh, it was like, it was a really good reminder in a way of, that being behind me mm-hmm. and not, not having to worry about that anymore. Right. And not that the job that I have now doesn't have its own stresses. And, you know, there's, there, it's a whole other 
you know, a series of, of things to consider, but um, it's definitely not the choking responsibility of managing all of that right. that, that I was involved in then. So. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned um, how you were wearing a costume. I felt like you were wearing a costume. Like several of the jobs that I've had, I remember I bought just a, a plethora of clothes that I didn't wear anywhere else. So the, the jobs didn't necessarily have a uniform, but I mm-hmm. created for myself a uniform and they were always a little bit oversized or I, like they were a little bit mismatched partly because I, I, I never wanted to become like attached either to the job or whatever. And I didn't want to have clothes that I really, really cared about because I felt like that might accurately represent me while I was at this job that was, I was just, just there to pass the time and get a paycheck so that I didn't live on the street sort of thing, you know? So yeah, it's it's super interesting that you mentioned how it was the costume, you know? Yeah. And, And I, you know, not because it didn't fit or, because it was worn out or Mm -hmm. unusable, but I've purged most of that stuff just because I didn't, you know, and and the few things that I've kept like were things that bordered on being a little bit closer to who I am, I think anyway. So yeah, it was, it was good to ditch all of that and not, not have to think about, uh, putting on something that was going to be uncomfortable every morning. And actually I told one of my coworkers, the guy who got me the job, my mm-hmm. buddy Furby. Um, I, I think I said something like this was a few months into the new job. And I was like, I, I can wear shorts every day from now on. And it's going to be fine. <laughs> gonna be He's great, like, well, yeah. well, yeah, but you don't want to wear shorts in the winter. I was like, but I can't, if, <laughs> if, if I wanted to, yeah. I could. It doesn't matter anymore. It's like yeah. I can I could do whatever I want. That's we, great. We just laughed and oh, I was wow. like, yeah, they really did a number on you, I guess. But. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I um before so um when when we got married, we ended up my, my wife and I getting a brand new place. Um and when I was packing up my things uh before I I moved fully moved out, I had this bin like this is just large bin full of all of those clothes that I hadn't worn in years that you know I could look at them and just immediately be taken back mentally to you know where I was when I was working and the different jobs as I went through and I had considered you know just capping the bin putting it in storage or capping it and throwing it in the attic of our new place or whatever but I ended up dumping them before we left um, cause I was like, I, I don't, I don't need to keep carrying these, you know, uh, anymore. It's, it, they're not yeah. stuff that I'm going to be wearing ever again or whatever. I ended up, um, was it Goodwill or Salvation Army? One of the two, I ended up just taking it there and like giving them tons of, of clothes that totally usable. Like, I feel like I take pretty good care of my stuff. So yeah, yeah. Same here. And yeah. uh, the, you know, it, I, I'm a pretty big guy, so mm-hmm. I can never usually go to a Goodwill or a Salvation Army and find anything that fits me. So mm-hmm. I felt really good, like, oh, nice, taking a bunch of stuff and thinking, you know, who knows, like maybe maybe some guy's gonna go for a job interview and he needs a shirt, and there's right. gonna be one that fits him, and that's nice. and that's that's great. And if it has that life mm-hmm. beyond me, that's amazing. 
but at the same token, if somebody cuts it up into rags and uses the rags, that's fine too. You yeah. know, like none of the stuff, you know, needs to go on and fulfill some glorious purpose. But if it has any purpose beyond me just putting it in a landfill, that's great. Right. Awesome, man. Yeah. I can dig that. I can dig that. Um, outside of that, uh, was, is there anything else that you, about the story that I haven't asked you questions about that stuck out to you? Um, I would, I would, I don't want you to read it again for me right now, but <laughs> if I, if I listen to it again, I'm sure there will be things and I'm like, Oh, that, sure. uh, but again, I, I cannot <laughs> emphasize enough how Swiss cheese my brain has been by the pandemic. And like, I was telling you earlier, like I haven't been sleeping well. And, Mm -hmm. um, for the first time in a while, like I woke up with in a panic and, Mm. uh, it's just, it's just completely shot my short term memory. So, um, but you know, the impressions were, were, you know, spot on. Everything that I mentioned was great. The bands that you picked were good. Um, yeah, actually I have a, a pretty, big drive-by truckers print uh that that was from a show that was on my birthday that's in my office so it's like oh yeah that was that was right there you know got that score yeah yeah nice it's always no stretch armstrong no i don't have stretch no i think i think i anytime i think of uh toy collectors or people that like really appreciate toys i'm i'm always taken back to stretch armstrong just because of so it's like the history channel or I think it's the history channel. They have like a few of those shows where collectors will go and rummage and talk <clears> about <throat> stuff. They had that, that pawn shop pawn stars. It's pawn stars, right? Sure. Whatever. There's yeah. like a pawn shop <laughs> show uh, where this, this student, uh, this family in Vegas, they have a pawn shop and uh collectors will come in and stuff and and the the people there have been like collecting things and are pretty knowledgeable but i remember an episode very 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 distinctly remember an episode where somebody came in with just the plastic head of uh one of the toys in the stretch armstrong line it yeah. was like the the rarest one and it was like a lizard or crocodile or yeah. some reptile uh, but it was just the head, like the stretchy bits were all gone and he still sold the head for like a, at least a thousand dollars. And yeah. I was like, but why? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always taken to that. So anytime yeah, I'm yeah. like thinking about toy collector or appreciator of toys, there has to be a stretch Armstrong, right? No, I, I dig that. Be. And it's, it's a, it's like, it is a, it is a foundational piece because it's so difficult to find them in good condition. Yeah. Not just because of the fact that people played with them mm-hmm. and broke them and they were, they weren't necessarily easily broken, but over right. time, you know, they didn't, they didn't age well. And right. the stretch Armstrong's a great example of like that rare toy where mm-hmm. you may just find the, the plastic bits. Like right. you may not find any of that internal stretchy stuff yeah. because it will dry rot. Right. Uh, it'll just decay or mm-hmm. it will get, get broken while it's being played like with ripped so. off rip the hands i remember yeah, I, yeah, like, are... I, I want to say i had one uh, uh, uh like a stretchy toy like that as a kid and i was always like i'm gonna i'm gonna break this surely i can break this <laughs> yeah. i mean I, I i never did but i tried yeah. all the time yeah. so i totally get if somebody has this oh, toy yeah. for like 10 15 years eventually it's like ah, i did it 
Oh man, <laughs> rip my toy. You, you finally <laughs> got old enough and strong enough to destroy your favorite childhood toy. Right, right. There's you know? there's a real lesson packed in there somewhere. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's you know like oh, uh, just thinking about you know that my literal home office and all of mm-hmm. the stuff that's there and you know the the uh, the art on the walls, the the toys on the shelves, like it all it all conjured great memories and things that things that I am, I don't know. I don't know if you can be nostalgic, nostalgic for something that is still a part of your life, but Mm -hmm. maybe you can, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like every time I leave that room, I'm nostalgic for all of the shit that's in there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Same with, you know, the stuff on my desk and, you know, I have, I have toys all over the house. Um, and, and I, it's like anything that's that's not, in direct line of sight, I'm probably mm-hmm. like pining for in some way. So yeah. nice. I, I, I have a few toys. I have a few toys here. Um, my, uh, so when, when we first moved in, I asked my wife if I could, cause I have like a, a very small collection of like tiny plastic Pokemon toys. And I was mm-hmm. like, Hey babe, do you mind if I put a few of these up? Cause I like, I have a water Pokemon I want to put in the bathroom. I yeah, have, yeah. You know, just like in, in different things to explore. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and so I, I got them because I had a roommate a whole bunch of years ago who had them. And when I moved in, they were already all over the place on the TV was an electric Pokemon in the bathroom, yep. a water one in one of the cabinets. There was like a little rat Pokemon, which I always thought was hilarious. Cause I pop it open <laughs> to grab a plate and I was like, Oh man, look at that guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So there was all that. And I just thought it would be so much fun. And she was like, no, you can pick one toy. And I was like, dang. So I have like <laughs> one little Tyrannosaurus Rex on the mantle next to uh, this domino that she has that's uh, painted. But on my desk, I have a few toys. So like I have this action figure of, if you can see there, that's Gambit. Gambit, yeah. Gambit yeah. from the X-Men. Uh, he like kneels down on my soundbar underneath my monitor, which is great. It's perfect. Um, yeah. And I, and I, I totally love that. But I get... I get the idea of being like nostalgic for things because um, I I'm I fondly remember, even though I know they're in the other room, like all the toys that I have, I'd like I have this is just tender fondness when I think yeah. of them. Just I don't know. Like, I, I think I've, one of the things I love about toys is how just it's 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 so pure, the joy that they fill you with. You know, just being able to play and, and be creative and like the, the landscapes that you create in your mind as you're manipulating the action figures or whatever it is, just, it just, it seems so pure and beautiful that I just, so I fondly, and whenever I think of them, or if I see like a Pokemon commercial on TV or some ad that has like a Pikachu or whatever, I'm like, Oh, I love those little guys, you know? Yep. Well, I think, you know, those of us that grew up in the eighties and nineties, we were exposed to the first waves of like this incredibly uh, powerful culture of cartoons and toys where Mm -hmm. these things, you know, they'd existed for decades and they'd been a part of kids' lives for decades. But with, you know, the advent of like Star Wars action figures, Mm G.I. Joe, He-Man, stuff like that. And then what, then this kind of the second or maybe third wave of that with like Pokemon. Um, and Digimon and all of all of those cartoons like these things just 
meant so much to us. Like they were basically half hour commercials, but we, we yeah. latched onto them in ways because <laughs> yeah. they had these, they, they had these stories attached to them. They were, I was, I was talking to somebody about this recently. Um, you used to be able to wake up on Saturday mornings and mm. there would be cartoons yeah. and it was just a thing, you mm-hmm. know, you would, you like would start. Yeah. Yeah. You'd start at seven or eight in the morning. It would run till 11 or noon. Mm-hmm. And that was this block of mm-hmm. cartoons, but there were, there, there was a block on every major network. So there were at least three blocks of five hours of cartoons. Mm-hmm. So potentially, you know, 15 hours worth of this stuff, at least half hour cartoon segments, 30 little worlds that Mm -hmm. you could be exposed to any given Saturday. Right. And it was just there. And this was like, then you, you factor in Nickelodeon, you factor in cable, uh, you know, TV that came after that, that had its own children's programming. And Mm -hmm. it was like, you're just exposed to this multiverse of these incredible little worlds, these little niche pocket worlds that all Mm -hmm. have their own rules. They have their own characters. They have their own stories. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's incredible. And like, as a kid walking down the toy aisle, you got to see that in a physical form. Like it wasn't just the cartoon on the TV. Like Mm -hmm. it's here, it's in your hand. You can play with it. And again, then you take all of those worlds, all of those rules, all of those characters and stories and then you multiply them by what a kid's imagination is able to do with them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's incredible. And like, I, I used to love GI Joe's like one of my favorite things as a kid, the cartoon, the toys, all of it. But when I played with GI Joe toys, they weren't ever like fighting each other. They would just like go camping and shit. You know? I was like, <laughs> I, I was never like, days trying, off, guys. like, here are your days off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to restage this classic battle from GI Joe fandom. I'm just going to, you know, put them, put, pretend that everybody's camping and see how well they all get along and, nice. and hope the Wampa from star Wars doesn't show up. And <laughs> then, you know, they've got to, they've got to, you know, figure out a way to team up against this guy or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, funny. it was just, uh, you know, all of those things meant a lot to me. And I think if, if there's been a, sort of resounding effect on how I imagine and how I create and how I even write. Um, I owe some credit to those things, those little pieces of plastic and those cartoons. And, um, it was just, you know, and that's before you even get into the rest of the culture of the eighties and nineties with the music and Mm -hmm. the films and the, the fashion and like these just weird outlying things that became pop culture that, you know, we're so, I don't even want to say ahead of their time, just like out of their time, you know, like you go back, you listen to any one hit wonder from the eighties or nineties and you almost like they're, they're their own genres, Mm -hmm. you know, like you almost can't even, they're not, they didn't, hadn't achieved that homogenousness of like pop music that we kind of have now where everything that's popular to a greater or lesser degree kind of sounds the same. And and that's not to say that that stuff isn't great in its own right. Mm. That There aren't, you know, people who do it exceptionally well or whatever. No, there's just, Um, there's, there's an actual mathematical formula to pop music that is consistent throughout and it works. You know this. Yeah. 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 And I think we've only gotten kind of closer to the formula, Mm -hmm. but back in the eighties and nineties, like you would, you would have stuff that was just, you know, like rock me Amadeus. How was that a thing? Like, <laughs> I love that song. It's, 
Falco, man. Like, you know, just this super obscure, you know, European pop artist who just dominated. Yeah. 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 It's so good. It's it's Baroque and it's pop and it's Mm -hmm. like, you could break dance to it if you wanted. You could like, it's just, it could be a massive club track. Like, I mean, there's nothing you can't do with that song. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it's like, you know, that was, that was the kind of stuff that was, that was happening at the time. And, um, you know, I, I fell for all of it. You mm-hmm. know, I was a sucker for all of it. I just soaked it up like a sponge and it, uh, it still resonates with me. And, um, you know, and I love like being able to access my environment and see some of those little things reflected back at me. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Oh man. Cool beans. Well, that feels like a, feels like a pretty good note to to tie things off for today okay Um, with me again i have had adam bearclaw if you want to follow him please look up at gentleman sin you can find him on instagram and twitter uh if you want to check out can you handle bar can you handle bar.com check out psycho drive-in check out it's psychodrivein.com or you can check out their facebook page uh if you have a beard the the uh, the oils there's like Face lotion for people with beards, which is pretty fantastic. There's a beard shampoo. I love it. All of the scents that I have from the Kenya handlebar stuff uh, is is all really incredible. I have enjoyed 100% of it. And even though my beard is like shorter now, um, I'm trying to grow it out more evenly this time because it was not super even before. I'm still using all of the awesome the stuff, and it like it feels yeah. good on my face, smells good. Yeah, yeah. Like you have you have really good coverage, and I will say that using a product when you're growing your beard is mm-hmm. probably the most important time to use it. Not because it's not a, like a magical growth serum or anything mm-hmm. like that, but what it does is it addresses the things that people hate about growing a beard, which is the itchiness and any right. dryness yeah. and flaking. Mm-hmm. If you can knock those out, you get it's You can, you can continue to grow it and it'll come in nice and healthy and full. And nice. That's what we do. So awesome. Get ready. Y'all. I'm going to have a beautiful beard. I'm going to have a beautiful, magical beard. (laughs) Can't wait. Yeah. Cool beans. All right. Again, uh, I am D. This has been another episode of Other You. Please come back next week for another episode. For Adam, D, I'm out. Bye.